Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Hello and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Patagno alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting. And we have a very special guest this morning, head coach of the Tulane Green Wave, Willie Fritz, coming off a 12-2 season, also winners of the Cotton Bowl. Coach, I got a really important question to start the show for you. It's going to be 78 degrees in New Orleans today. I'm in New Orleans right now. Is it time for a natty light by the pool that people want to know? Uh, not really. I really uh, moved up to Coors Light, so I guess I need to say that more. But uh, my my daughters and my wife were sitting at that event, and when they were asking me, they kind of kept pressing me. They said, God, I hope he doesn't say he sits in the pool and drinks natty light. <laughs> Unfortunately for them, I did. But. Hey, it, there's nothing wrong with Natty Light. I, I think that's something that we've all experienced at, at some point in our life. But, Coach, let, let's jump into it. You know, I grew up a couple blocks away from Tulane's campus right there on Octavia Street in between Clara and Willow. I hope I'm not giving too much away from my parents. But, you know, it's pretty interesting. The last 17 years before you got there, Tulane only had three postseason appearances. You're going into year eight. In the first seven years, you got four postseason appearances You've won three of those games for you. What's been, I don't want to say the the secret sauce or the recipe in terms of building Tulane into a sustainable winner. And I know there hasn't been, there's been some ups and downs, uh, but in terms of where you have the program, you got to feel pretty good about where the green wave are right now. Yeah, we do. Uh, you know, we, 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 honestly, we wanted to accomplish these things quicker and sooner and, you know, my first year, I just uh, didn't quite have the, the right personnel offensively, particularly at quarterback position. We run a bunch of spread option, and you know, we, we just didn't have a, guys that could do that, and it it it, it, it hurt us uh, in, in order to maybe possibly won six, seven, eight games that year. You know, and then a couple of those years where we played in bowl games, and one season I believe we lost four games on the last play of the game, which is really difficult to do, but I was able to, to accomplish that, you know, and, and uh, we could have maybe won, you know, 9, 10, 11 games there. And, uh, and obviously we had the, the trouble in uh, 2021 uh, with uh, Hurricane Ida and, and uh, you know, getting, you know, uh, cast off to uh, Birmingham for a month and coming back and, you know, everybody's been well documented, but uh, we, we never lost faith. We, we've always thought we have an opportunity to have a, a 
good ball club here at, at, at Tulane. And we just kind of, I know probably this is something you guys want to get into a little bit more. We kind of figured out how to recruit Tulane. You know, that's every school is unique, but ours is probably even more unique than, than most institutions in the country. Well, that's a great starting point. I mean, what what, what makes it unique? Obviously, it's a, a private school, but you guys are in an area that, that churns out talent. So what did you learn, I guess, through the years uh, when it came to recruiting and, and building out the roster? And I'm sure it's changed a little bit just with the current transfer portal guidelines and, and how, uh, you know, there's free movement. So what 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 is the secret sauce, I guess? Well, we, we talk about recruit, retain, develop. And, uh, you know, the first part of that, you know, and a, a lot of people are using that. Now, I had a guy I worked for named Dick Foster at Coffeyville Community College in 1987. And that was his motto, recruit, retain, develop. So I copied it from him, not some other people. But, uh, you, you know, it's recruit bona fide Division One student athletes with character. And, and the character part, I think, is very, very important. Uh, we've got small classroom size here. Our average classroom size here is 21, you know, students. So we've got to have guys who can communicate, and present, you know, themselves to professors and people here on campus. Uh, we're a small university in a big city. Only got 8,000 full-time students. So the character part, we probably dive into a little bit more than, you know, and I, I'm not saying that all schools do. They want to have great guys, obviously, but, I think it's doubly important here at Tulane. And then, you know, the re- retention part is so important. Everybody thinks it just became por- important, you know, here in the last couple of years with the advent of uh, the transfer portal and, and then NIL and guys, you know, leaving places after they've only been there a year or two years. Uh, I keep hearing people talk about you got to recruit your roster. We feel like we've always done that. You know, we've, We've always, you know, made our guys feel special and good and and uh, have a, a, a kind of a home type uh, feel to our football program. So uh, we're proud of the fact that we've lost, you know, very few guys. You know, there's 133 schools that play, you know, Division One football. And I, I think uh, we're in the bottom 10 of, of how many guys we've lost to the portal. And, uh, you know, I think that is indicative of our culture that we have here with our our, fo- our football program. Our, our guys enjoy going to school here. They enjoy living in New Orleans, and, and they enjoy, enjoy being, getting coached by my, my staff and our sports staff. And, then, and last but not least, you know, we talk about recruit, retain, and then the develop guys. You know, when I first got here, uh, it, it was tough. You know, we were, uh, you know, looking at kids and if we were going to stay the same place we were at, you know, we could go ahead and take those guys, but we had to search far and wide for guys that could take us to the next level. And, and I used four guys uh, that we were their only division one offer. Darnell Mooney, leading receiver for the Chicago bears from Gatson, Alabama, Cam Sample, you know, plays with the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, uh, Patrick Johnson played in the Super Bowl this last year for the Philadelphia Eagles. And then Bo Pete Keys, who's uh, now with the uh, Houston Texans. We were their only Division One offer. We saw things in them that we thought we could develop. And 
all these guys got their degree. All of them had great times, had a great time here as people. And then obviously they, you know, developed into fantastic uh, football players. Uh, now we're able to, you know, uh, we don't have to dig quite as deep as we did a few years ago. I think people understand that, you know, this is an education that is going to, uh, you know, help you the next 40 years of your life. Um, you know, there's 4,140 colleges and universities. We're the 39th ranked school academically. So it's big time education here. And we push that. You know, some places, they, all they talk about is football. We push the academic part of it as well. So the, that's that's kind of our philosophy, recruit, retain, develop, and and uh, kind of where we've gotten where we're at right now. Coach, a lot more eyeballs on the program since the Cotton Bowl victory, 12-2 and two last year. I mentioned that, but you also had representatives from all 32 NFL teams at your pro day, which is quite an accomplishment for a group of five program. Do you feel like your message on the road of what you're selling recruits about Tulane and, uh, and and what it has to offer. Is it being received any differently than it was a few months ago before you were able to go win uh, a New Year's Six Bowl? I, I think, it, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I said it hasn't uh, had an impact, positive impact on our program. Uh, you know, most of the kids watch the game. You know, uh, everybody talks about Tulane and LSU being, you know, like this all the time, right? And and they they really gave us did us a big favor by uh, you know whipping uh, their opponent in their bowl game because everybody quit watching that game that came over watched our game. So you know the the ninety some percent of the people are watching football that day or watching our ball game. So it was uh, and obviously it was a very exciting ending and and uh, you know a lot of things fell into place uh, for us. But yeah, it, it has. Uh, we have been received differently. We're probably in the got our foot in the door with a lot of kids. Maybe you know a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, we wouldn't have. You know, and and uh, you know we talk. We we talk about selling three things at our place. Number one, the opportunity to get a world class education. So we push that with our guys. And if you're not interested in that, we're really not interested in you. You know, it's not going to be a very good fit here. So uh, I think the kids respect that. I know the parents do. And I'm proud of the fact that every guy that's gone through our program, I'm not counting the guys that maybe left after two years to go to someplace else, but every guy that's gone through our program has graduated. And, you know, the, the, the time that we've been here. You know, the second part we talk about is the opportunity to play big-time Division I football. I, I think the AAC is an outstanding conference. We, we play a uh, very uh, difficult non-conference schedule every year. Um, so if you want those kind of challenges and compete against the best, you know, that's another part of uh, uh, of coming to Tulane. And last but not least, you know, we we talk about, you know, world-class education, play uh, big-time Division I football, but you get to do it in the iconic city of New Orleans. We've embraced New Orleans. I feel like New Orleans has embraced us. You know, we uh, promote ourselves as New Orleans college football team. And – uh, there's a this is a different experience than probably guys get. I know it's different experience than, than what I got at Pittsburgh State University or, or or when I was the head coach at Blinn College or you know Central Missouri or Sam Houston State or 
or Georgia Southern. You know, uh, you know, you, you, you also get you get the college experience. You know, because the majority of our kids live on campus, but you also get the the feel of New Orleans, which you know I think is top city in the United States. But I'm a little biased. Coach, I wanted to bring up one of the star players from uh, that Sugar Bowl and, re- and really the season. And it's a kid I'm super familiar with, Michael Pratt, your quarterback. Um, covered him at length down here in South Florida. I remember him bouncing around high schools, uh, playing seven-on-seven seven for the South Florida Express. He won't be on that list of guys with one division, one offer. He had, he had a few others. Um but what did you guys see in him? And I think what a lot of people don't know is, you know, he was in Boca Raton right there at Florida Atlantic. Lane Kiffin and those guys never pulled the trigger on him. And he goes up to Tulane, plays early um, and is having a ton of success. So what did you guys see in that evaluation process? What what made him your guy? Well, you know, he was homeschooled and, and went to a couple different high schools and, and had a tremendous amount of success. Um uh, had a few offers, not very many, and uh, uh, I guess um, some Mac offers and you know a, a Sun Belt offer. Uh, you know, it was interesting is we were having our camp here, and you know he he got in the plane, flew up here on his own, took an Uber from the airport, came here, and we were showing him around. And, and I'm going to give credit to Will Hall; he did an excellent job recruiting Michael. Will's a head football coach at Southern Miss and, and was our uh, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach at the time. But, you know, we were out there and we were, we were having camp and Michael came out and, you know, he said, Coach, you know, I, I brought some stuff. Can I come out and work out? And uh, I knew then that, you know, I had a competitive guy because he already had the offer. And most kids would not do that. You know, they, they, they feel it's beneath them to go out there and compete. I think it's a great deal because you get to see – how the guys are going to coach you, you know, and and because uh, that needs to be part of your decision making process. So he came out. He did. He even ran forties. Most guys would, you know, you know, they they have no desire to run a forty. They're afraid of the stopwatch, right? They're scared to death of it, you know. And and so he did everything. I told him, I said, you don't have to run. No, I'm going to run. And uh, so he he valued this education. He's a very good student. You know, he's already graduated. I don't even got to you know way above a 3-0 GPA here at Tulane. And then, and then he, uh, I think he liked the surroundings and uh, certainly was not afraid to compete. You know, he didn't never ask who else, what's the depth chart? Who else you got here? What, you know, who am I going to compete against? You know, and, and uh, you know, and this, I think he enjoyed, uh, you know, got to be around some of our guys and who, who were there at the camp as well. And, you know, and then, you know, the next day, coach, I'm coming. So I thought that was neat that he's mature enough to fly up here on his own, take an Uber, come to campus, you know, all, all the different things that he did. And, um, you know, did it on his dime, not ours. It was an unofficial deal and decided to come here. So, uh, you know, it worked out great for, for him and it worked out great for us. Coach, is there a certain level of heightened awareness when you talk about a quarterback like Michael Pratt, who has now the experience that he has at Tulane, and you start to see him last year, obviously with the success that you guys have on the field, more exposure, but in the era of college football, where NIL and transfer portal are now at the forefront in major power five program, I mean, does that keep you up 
at night at all, or like you said, you feel indicative of your really strong culture and what you got in place there? Well, I, I, I do, you know, you know, it's kind of interesting is uh, I've had some kids who've, who have entered the portal and gone to other places and they're here all the time. You know, they come back They're, you know, it's almost like they, this is their place, but they went some, you know, they're, they're, they're man without a country. Is that a, is that a book or a TV show or something like that? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, you know, you know, uh, in Michael's case, he's got great friends on the team. He's, uh, you know, uh, you know, we we were never concerned. Of, you know, I, I've told people this. I thought it'd be an insult if I sat around and talked to him and asked him about it. Same thing with Tajay Spears and Dorian Williams about playing in the Cotton Bowl. A lot of people, you know, did you were you concerned about them opting out and? It just never came to my mind that those guys, you know, just how I know them when you when you're around a guy for four years, and, you know, in football you're around these guys every day, and I'm I'm not a coach who sits up in an ivory tower and, and doesn't you know hang out with the guys and do stuff with them, you know. I just you know I just knew they were going to play, and I knew you know he was uh, felt good about here at, at Tulane. You know, it, you know something that goes I, I haven't said much about the 2021 season you know michael got hurt on the last play of the oklahoma game michael pratt did and he was never the same the rest of the season and he didn't play in a few games but what was difficult for us was he didn't practice most of the week and then my second team guy towards acl uh, is labrum the uh the second game justin ibietta who thinks going to be a fine quarterback. Unfortunately, he's had some injuries. Then our third guy uh, dislocated his, you know, uh, uh, ring finger of his throwing hand. He couldn't play anymore. So we were actually having a graduate assistant throw seven on seven. You know, so, you know, I learned my lesson. That's, that's the position you don't want to have multiple injuries. You know, you can move a right tackle or left guard, you know, but you can't, you know, move a right tackle or quarterback, you know, and, and, uh, so that that was a that was a really that might have been more difficult than uh, being transplanted to, to Birmingham, you know, just the injuries there at, at that particular position. Well, Pratt's coming back for the upcoming twenty twenty three season. Week two, you guys in in the new stadium host your first SEC opponent, Ole Miss. I mean, what is that plastered anywhere in the locker room? Um, and, and just how big is it? Just having him back. I mean, you know, guys in the locker room, I'm sure gravitate towards him, just given what he has done. Well, he's a really good young man, you know, and and uh, he really is. I mean, he's you know. Uh, very inclusive as a servant leader, uh, which a ton of my guys are, you know, and, and uh, you know, so he talks to, you know, a guy who might be 14 corner or guys that, you know, Sincere Hainsworth or other cabinet play center. He's good friends with all these guys. So, no, I, I don't, uh, you know, I'm very consistent in my message every day. You know, I want to win the day. I talk about being one and all every day and, uh, you know, we, we got a great, you know, non-con schedule. And we opened up with South Alabama, won 10 games last year. And we play here against Ole Miss. And we go over and play Southern Miss, you know, and, and that was a school that beat us last year. Old Coach Paul is 
my buddy and he, you know, wasn't my buddy that day. So we play them and we come back, we play Nichols. So it's, uh, you know, a very, very, very tough uh, non-conference schedule. You know, so we just, we just work on improving, getting better every day. You know, there's times, you know, during the summer that the coaches are going to be, you know, target one specific opponent. But, uh, you know, we, I, I don't, uh, you know, every one of them counts one. I learned that a long time ago. You know, that, that uh, you know, that, that USC win was was the same as uh, the Alcorn State win. You know, they're, they all count. They all count one. So you better be prepared. And I, I, you touched on this a little bit earlier. I mean, the American Conference, it is going to be completely different here in, in 2023. You got some teams coming out, some some teams coming in. Uh, just just your thoughts on the conference outlook. I mean, UCF's gone, Cincinnati's out, Houston's out, in comes FAU, Charlotte, North Texas, Rice, UAB. I mean, you're a guy that's been in the league. So what do you think about all the changes? Well, I, I, I think it's uh, – I think we grabbed some really good schools. You know, what I like is there's some that are fairly close to us too, which I, I think is great. Uh, you know, that North Texas game, you know, we, we had almost 35,000 people at the Cotton Bowl game. So we have a large contingent of, of Tulane alums in the, in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area. So that, that'll be good. And, uh, uh, you know, so I, I think it's still going to be a very, very strong league. Uh, those schools that left did not win the league last year. And uh, so I, I still think that, you know, this is going to be a extremely strong conference. And, uh, you know, we, we just need to – you know, we're going to have to learn about some of them. We're going to do a little extra work in the summer, you know, which you do anyway. But, you know, we've never played Rice. We've never played North Texas since I've been here. We've never played Charlotte or Florida Atlantic or UAB. We played a few years back, but we got a new staff. So uh, that preparation will be different. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Coach, one of the most successful seasons in program history last year. And for you guys, I think a lot of people look at that and they say, hey, maybe that's the pinnacle of Tulane football. I know that's not the way that you're thinking, right? And I'm thinking about 2024 and a group of five representative in a 12-team college football playoff format. I'm just, for, for you, what's next for this program in terms of how you move the program forward coming off a, a very successful season? Well, 2023, I, when I came in and my initial press conference at Tulane, I talked about building a consistent winner. And we've done, we've done a good job, you know, getting to bowl games and some things like that. I, I don't want to diminish those bowls because they were accomplishments that this program needed at that time. But, uh, you know, when you, you look at the history of Tulane, they've had great teams in the past. They really have. Uh, they've had – Fantastic players. We're having an alumni event on a Friday night, and uh, man, we got some dudes coming in here now that that play. You know, Matt Forte is going to be here. He' pretty good running back, right? You know, probably second best running back in the history of Chicago Bears by by Mr. Payton. You know, Lionel Washington played. I don't know, 12, 13, 14 years in the NFL. Great corner. Richard Harvey played 11, 12 years in, in the NFL. Uh, Rodney Holman. You know, unbelievable tight end, Cincinnati Bengals. But but we just haven't done it consistently 
with the players and also with the the teams. And and, and that's what I've been telling these our players, you know, from uh, January third on. You know, is that you know we want to we want to be in the discussion every single year. And uh, fortunately, we got a lot of really good players coming back. And uh, you know that that certainly helps. And uh, offensively, we I think we're going to have uh, I don't know 14, 15 guys who've started at least one game in their college career, the Division One level. And then we've got you know uh, 12, 13 guys on the defensive side of the ball who've started at least one game in their college career. Maybe more than that when you you count some of the uh, uh, elite uh, transfer guys that we got in here. So uh, the consistency, winning year after year, uh, you know, that's what motivates and drives me. Coach, you've mentioned the name Will Hall a, a few different times. He's he's a guy that comes from your tree, but there's some, there's some other big names out there. Alex Atkins at, at, at Florida State, Chris Hampton. How important is it for you to just stay one step ahead of everyone when you're at a place like Tulane uh, and ensure that you have a, a good staff that can come in and, and develop these players? What's what's that like? Well, very, very key, you know, and, and uh, hey, we got rated this year. There's, you know, there's no, no other way to, to, to put it. But, you know, one thing I've learned when you interview, uh, man, there's a lot of good coaches out there. There really is. There's a ton of good coaches out there. And I've got to lean on these guys big time because head coaching job at the Division One level is, you know, has become a little bit more of a general manager. You know, I'm very involved in special teams and, you know, and I was a D coordinator forever. But, you know, gone are the days where uh, I called every defensive play. I called everything in the kicking game. I called 10 plays a game on offense. It just it's difficult because those guys are working that's all they do is work on their side of the ball, their specific position. So you gotta find guys out there that you know that are, are gonna fit your culture. That's more important with coaches than it is with players, because they're the ones that are the role models for the players. You know, and, and you mentioned some of those guys, you know, Will, outstanding person. Alex Atkins, you know, he's one of my all time favorites. You know, we you know, just think the world of him. Uh, Chris Hampton did a sensational job for us. You know, and I've had, I've, I've been blessed. I've had a lot of really good coaches. And uh, that's the tough part of my job is finding the right guy who's the right fit. You know, and, and uh, you know, I, I hired an excellent uh, defensive coordinator this year with uh, um, Sheil Wood from Troy. But man, I interviewed four guys, and they were all good. It was it was a difficult decision. It really was, and it, it took me probably an extra day or two. Usually, you interview three, and this guy's much better than the other two. That wasn't the case. I mean, he he won the job, uh, you know. But there's there's a lot of really good coaches out there, and the trick is finding the right one. Coach, one of those guys, familiar face, uh, but new title, a uh, guy that's been with you since you've been at Tulane, your, your tight ends coach, now your offensive coordinator, and, and Slade Nagel. Can you talk about the type of impact he's he's had on your program since he's been there with you in New Orleans? Well, he's a coach's kid. I'm a coach's kid, too. So he's, you know, he's, he's, he's brought up around football, around football coaches, players. He's been in a lot of different levels. He's uh you know, played at different levels. When a guy came out of high school, he went to Clemson and they transferred to 
McNeese and was in their Hall of Fame and and uh, you know he he did it. He, he's done a great job for us, not only the coaching part, but uh, one of the things I'm disappointed in is he's a great special teams assistant for for me. And now he's he's I'm just gonna have him coordinate the offense, so he's not gonna he's not gonna be there on that that side of the ball. But uh, you know something else he's done a really nice job of is recruiting. You know, uh, you know, head coaches, you know, assistant coaches always remember their hits. Okay. Head coaches always remember assistant coaches misses. Okay. Because those are the ones that are, you know, my door is right over there. They're the ones coming. You know, I got to talk to, you know, in my, in my office by myself and get after their butt because they, they, they may not fit what you're trying to do. Man, he's, he's really does a good job of reading, you know, uh, the room with, you know, Prospect, you know the, the you know you know to be a great recruiter, you got to be able to do two things. You got to be a you got to be able to evaluate talent, and you got to be an information gatherer. Okay, and there's not very many guys who can do both. They can really do a good job gathering information, but maybe they can only evaluate two or three specific positions. They can't, you know, you know, have a defensive line coach who can't evaluate a quarterback, or vice versa. Okay, and then you got guys who can really evaluate, but they don't know what they're bringing in, you know, to uh, to your program, to your city, to your whatever. He does an excellent job of both. He's a really good evaluator, and he's an excellent information gatherer. There's been times where I've I've watched film of a guy and I've said, "Man, I like this guy. Coach he ain't gonna fit in with you. How you do things, he's not he's not gonna fit in here. Our culture with our players, I trust him. We move on." You know, so that's kind of a, you know, uh, another part that makes him a, a special coach. Coach, I, I'm kind of glad you brought that up. Just the whole, I guess, setting the board process, right? <laughs> I go back to to last recruiting cycle for you. So the 2022 cycle at the buzzer, you guys lost three of the top true freshmen in all of college football. Gabe Akis up there at Illinois. Uh, C.J. Donaldson at, at West Virginia, Jalen Lucas at Indiana. I mean, I'm not trying to make this sting for you, but at a program like you guys, I mean, what's it like setting the board and then trying to have to play defense down the stretch as more and more people uh, find out about these kids, uncover these kids? And, and the other thing is, how do you guys do such a good job of of finding them and, and, and evaluating them? What, 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 what's that like? Well, we've got a good personnel group. My son, Wes, you know, runs our recruiting force and does an excellent job with evaluation and digging deep on a guy. You know, it's uh, I got an offensive line coach who just came in from the Saints, with the New Orleans Saints, Dan Rochard. Excellent coach. I mean, I've been very impressed with watching and practices and, and uh, you know, but, but he's been looking at 22, 23-year-olds. He has been looking at 16, 17 year olds, you know, and, and one of the one of the uh, uh, projects that I give to guys when they come in is look at guys that that were good players for us when they were because you got to look at them as a junior in high school, as a senior in high school. They're not there yet. The kids were recruiting for this upcoming cycle, so you got to look at those guys when they were a junior in high school. And uh, I've had some guys that have turned down Darnell Mooney. And, you know, uh, Cam Sample and Patrick Johnson and, you know, and, and uh, 
you know, you give them the information and you go from there. So, uh, yeah, that, that's tough. You know, you got to have plan B ready. You know, when you lose those guys that you just got done talking about at the last minute, either you need to have plan B ready or don't panic. And that's where, for us, the portal might come in. You know, where instead of just going out and grabbing this guy because you lost this other guy that you were positive is going to be a great player for you, let, let's wait and see what might materialize in the portal. So uh, got to have plan B, but, but uh, Wes and uh, he does, a, he's got a great eye for talent. And then Don Landholm is another guy that was a defensive coordinator at Purdue. And he and I coached together years ago at, at uh, Blaine junior college. He's also very involved with the uh, eval process. Uh, and we're a lot more position specific recruiting too. We're not, you know, uh, I've, I've, uh, you know, I, I take a very active uh, uh, interest in who we're taking. I've, I've had uh, guys where I've, I've, I've coached dudes. I've coached somebody else's mistake who already who left, and he's here for four years, you know, and because he, you know, he had to have this guy to play his position, and uh, you know, and if we disagree, we, we, uh, you know, we go ahead and, and do that, you know. Our two guys that are going to get drafted, three guys. I can, you know, uh, got Tajay Spears. He was a wide receiver in high school at Ponchatoula. Tore his ACL. So we had to dig deep. I'll be honest with you. Wes had to convince me to take him. You know, I kept watching him, watching him, watching him, watching him. Took him. You know, dumb me, right? Guys, guys a hell of a player. He's going to be a second, third round draft pick. Dorian Williams. You know, he was 191 pounds when he came in here. You know, small high school in, in South Carolina. And, and same thing, kept pushing him. And then Nick Anderson is another guy. You know, we, you know, kept pushing. He was 5'10 linebacker and, you know, and he's playing at a Juco and, 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 and uh, took him. Those five, two of them for sure will get drafted. Nick will be a priority free agent. So, you just got to dig deep. Well, I, I can attest that Wes does his homework. He's always asking me for uh, about random guys, and he's he's gathering information. You mentioned the portal, right? And we're, what, year five of this, and, and the rules keep changing. I, I thought it was something interesting you said, right? You lose a guy at the buzzer. Instead of going out and, and taking a high school guy, maybe you supplement with the transfer portal. You know, what is your guy's philosophy when it comes to adding veterans? And, and you know, is there a magic number? Hey, I got 25 counters each year. I, I want a certain amount to go to high school. I mean, it seems like from everything you've said and what we know about your program, you believe in building through the high school ranks. So are you embracing the portal more now as the, as the rules get changed? Or, you know, has anything changed in, with that philosophy? You know, I think I think it's a, a great uh, uh, for you to use the portal if you're uh, need immediate help at a position. You know, due to injury, graduation, transfer. You know, and if you need some help there and you need a veteran, that can certainly help you. Uh, you know, we're you know we've got to be careful of who we who we take because of the academic requirements here. You know, they've got to have. You know, so many, you know, their hours have got to transfer into Tulane. We don't just take any hours. So we got to, you know, we've had kids from Columbia. We've had kids from Brown. 
you know, then they, they exhausted their eligibility at Ivy League, but still had another year to play. Um, and then we've also gotten some kids who wanted to come back home. You know, they they went away and <clears throat> they thought the grass was greener and they found out it was only green. You know, and, and that stadium doesn't get any bigger and it doesn't, you know, mama's not sitting in the stadium on a Tuesday. She's back home. You know, so we, we've uh, um, we, we've gotten quite a few Louisiana and New Orleans kids who've wanted to come back home. You know, they, they uh, so often everybody gets pushed to do something. And uh, once they do it, they figure out that maybe that wasn't a, a right choice. I want to come back. I got two of my guys that live at home that came back. You know, and that's smart. They're saving money. You know? <laughs> but, uh, you know, they just they wanted to come back to, to New Orleans. And, and the, you know, it's just such a, you know, Sometimes I'll have recruits, and this may have changed because of the portal or NIL. Uh, I'll say, okay, you know, you, you ever missed your, your son play a game? Nope, never missed him play a game. And you're going to go to school X, which is thousands of miles away, right? And, and uh, you're going to have to drive to the airport, park the car, take a flight. There's connecting flights to this smaller town you're going to. And then you're going to have to rent a car. You have to get a couple of days hotel rooms, right? Because they play at noon on Saturday. So you got to get there Friday. And then you're probably going to want to spend the night, buy all these different meals, and then fly back and do it all over again the next week, you know? And then all, sometimes some of them listen to me. They're like, you know something? You're right. And if I do that, I'm going to have to go by myself. Now, if they've got all sorts of money, no big deal. They can, they can do it, you know? three times a week if they want to. They'll buy an apartment at the, you know, at the town where their kids live in at. But more often than not, you know, that, that's uh, that's helped us out on, on a few occasions. Coach, one more question, and, and, and we'll get you out of here, at least on my behalf. But your locker room, I believe, is in the process of undergoing a renovation this spring. Uh, it seems like a indoor practice facility, we'll call it the bubble, Right, their plans uh, to make that happen in, in 2024. I just wonder for you, being in the situation, coming off the season that you had last year, there, there are going to be opportunities for you. I have to believe there are opportunities for you last year. How, how big and important is that, not only for the future of the program, but for you as a head coach to say, hey, we're going to be invested at the level that we need to be committed to here for us to achieve the things that I talked about earlier about us being able to sustain a championship level in the American Athletic Conference? No, it's big. You know, we're, we're putting over $5 million into our locker room. I mean, this is going to be one of the top locker rooms in Division I football. Uh, we've, uh, we've got a beautiful on-campus stadium. I think it's a perfect size for us. I think people, uh, you know, we had three sellouts this year, and, and they were pumped. You know, they but we we gained some new fans because not only because of uh, you know winning, you know that's part of it. Don't get me wrong, but also that they saw the venue. Every seat is a great seat. I've mentioned this before. Three dollar beers at every game. That's, <laughs> that's pretty good, right? Coors Light or Natty Light? Which one? Uh, Coors Light. They don't know allow Mr. Goldring is uh, our guy here. <laughs> you know, we're we're, we're Coors Light. <laughs> But uh, you know, so that that's that's really helped us. And then 
you know, our offices. We're 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 we're, we're going to get new office facility uh, indoor. Hey, I don't know what we would have done without the Saints these last three years. Mrs. Benson actually lives in, on campus in uh, Audubon Park uh, right there, and and uh, they let us come over and practice, and we have to do it a lot, you know. And, and uh, I think I've practiced over there in seven years. I've been here 179 times, you know, and those would have been 179 practices we wouldn't have been able to have. Um, so having a bubble we can walk to right here is going to be great too. We're, you know, we're, we're able to go down the Superdome on occasion, but you got to rent buses, you got a police escort, you got to drive down there, you got to go back. Guys have got class, some guys can't come, you know, because of the time constraints. So, uh, you know, getting these new facilities are, are going to help us big time. And, uh, you know, we want to, you know, we, we've got this, this world-class academic institution. We, we want to be able to do the same thing uh, athletically. I don't know if you guys, you know, we our basketball team had it, our men's team and, and women's team. They, women's team played in the NIT and men's team, uh, uh, you know, won 20 games. And it was neat going to those games and it was packed, sellout. Loud, you know, and, and uh, you know, this this is going to help the uh, student experience, which in turn, the alumni experience, which in turn is going to help Tulane. Last one for me, Coach. One guy I got to ask about recent transfer in. I saw you talking about him in the in the newspapers a few days ago. Uh, Yul Keith Brown, a former four-star recruit for us out of, out of South Florida, comes in from Texas A&M. I'm assuming you're you're excited about his addition with his speed and what he's going to be able to do on offense. Very excited. He's got tremendous speed and uh, learning the offense every single day. And, and uh, you know, uh, that, that was one, you know, when, when, when he got in the portal and we started recruiting him, you know, that, that, that was, you know, I'll have my coaches will take credit for it. But, you know, uh, I found out that he was new Michael Pratt. And so, you know, that, that was who I went to, to to get verification of his character, you know. And Michael said, Coach, you're going to fit in here good. He's a good, good kid. And, you know, I've known him a few years now. And, and then Carson Haggard was another guy that knew Neil Keith very well. And Carson, you know, had talked about him also. So, you know, because that, that's the one thing about, you know, when you get these guys in the portal, you don't have – there's not as much time to uh, – background check, information gather, right? You know, gather, gather information on him. So that was, uh, you know, but he, he's been, he's been great. We, we were excited about having him. We got, you know, we got Dante Fleming who is uh, from right around New Orleans transferred in and, and uh, Cam Wire, another uh, Louisiana guy who wanted to come back home. Uh, that's, that's back with us. Uh, you know, and then uh, Andre Sam, who is a, all-conference Sunbelt player at Marshall who wanted to come back home, you know, and, and uh, he's very excited about it. Uh, Tyler Grubbs, you know, from right here in, in New Orleans, Holy Cross, wanted to come back home, play here. Uh, I'm going to be missing some guys. I hate to do that. Uh, uh, A.J. Hampton, you know, playing up at Northwestern, wanted to get back closer to home and uh, knew some kids on the team, you know, so uh, – yeah, it's exciting to to bring these guys in, and and I, and I I gave all of them a pat on the back the other day. I had them all stand up and tell them how much I appreciate that they they have worked to fit in with us, 
Now, our guys got to embrace them too. But, uh, you know, one bad apple can spoil the whole bunch now, you know, and, and uh, these guys have uh, really uh, uh, are, have uh, helped improve our culture. So I, I appreciate all of them. Coach, big day for you and the family. We appreciate you taking yeah. the time to chop it up with us. As always, you're welcome back anytime. We enjoy That's the conversation. Right. I'm going to so for- go out there and hopefully have my first uh, grandbaby here in the next few few hours. We're so happy. Uh, let's go. We're fired up. We're fired up yeah. for it, Coach. Well, we appreciate you jumping on. And for Andrew Ivins, I'm Cooper Battaglia. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Anywhere you find your podcast, we will be back tomorrow. For Head Coach Willie Fitz, we appreciate you jumping on.